0: Welcome to The Crunch with Crib. I'm Jess, and each episode I'll be talking with some of WA's best real estate agents and business people to find out what makes them tick and what lessons they've learnt on their journey to success. Okay, so I wanted to do something a little bit different to kick off the crunch for 2020. We're not only in a brand new year, but we're also in a brand new decade. So we're doing a special on generational change in real estate um, because I've spoken to a number of clients last year who either seem to be passing the torch or having the torch passed to them. So for our first few episodes, we're going to be featuring teams or agents, family or co-workers that include a teacher and their student. So I'm going to be speaking to agents who came up in real estate before Facebook and SMS um, and their protégés, whose mobile phone probably hasn't left their hand since they started their career. So to start our special series, we are welcoming Kirsten Dunn and Sula Semple of Semple Property Group onto the show. I'm very excited. Welcome, ladies. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Thank you for coming in. Now, Sula has been in real estate since 1992, and her daughter Kirsten followed in her footsteps in 2005, and is now the Licensee and Director of Semple Property Group. Welcome to The Crunch. Thank excited you. to be here. And I love that as we were getting ready, I asked Sula if she's done a podcast, and she said no, but she did record a CD for Lee Woodward, which really highlights exactly what we're talking about, the kind of change in technology and the change in everything that we're doing. So, to To kick off, guys, the first question that I wanted to ask you was um, about your very first sales, each of you, if you could tell us about your first sale in real estate.
1: My first sale was in the first week of starting and it was hilarious because I took out some buyers, showed them a few properties. That's the way we did it in those days. They didn't look on the internet. And um, uh, they said they liked one and wanted to make an offer. I was so excited I never even thought about going to the office. So I tried to do this offer on the bonnet of my car (laughs) and the wind was blowing, the paperwork was going everywhere and, of course, I hadn't prepared myself. So I had the wrong settlement date and the wrong this and the wrong that. It was an absolute dog's dinner. (laughs) This offer, it had to be rewritten again, but I was just so excited. It did go through, but um, I knew, yeah, I knew (laughs) after that, you have to have an example in front of you highlighted. What's the settlement date got to be? What's
0: this and that? But that was a funny one. So were you out on your own? Did you have someone with you? I was on my own taking buyers out, yeah. (laughs) From, From get go?
1: Yeah, because in those days, um, that was the way you sold houses. You took out buyers. Yeah. They didn't look on the internet and go, oh, I don't like those tiles. Uh, I'm not going to go and see that house. (laughs) They literally got on the road, saw all of the properties in their price bracket, and I could show up to 60 properties to one person. Wow. Before I sold That's a house. A but then I got my husband into it because then he was my slave, so he'd be showing buyers. <laughs> so in
0: one year we sold
1: 115 properties. I wonder you why we
0: worked hard. Wow, very hard. Kirsten, do you remember your very first sale?
2: I don't remember it very well, but I remember saying to the client, oh, I must, to the buyer, I must check with the vendor about that. One moment, I'm just going to step outside and make a phone call. And I would call Chris Tully, my licensee, and go, oh, They've just asked me this question, what do I say? And she would give me the dialogue to say, which I'd known because I'd heard it from from mum and from Chris and from other agents in the office. But that first time I remember probably making about six or seven phone calls back to the office saying, I've oh, just I'm just going to step outside for one moment and going, <laughs> What do I I don't know what the answer to that is because um, I learnt very early never to assume to always just get the right answer. Check it first. Check it first. And you do have the
0: mobile phone in hand, so you
2: can do that. 100%. Yeah, I think when mum started there weren't mobile phones. and um, Pages? Was there pages? There was carbon paper. When I came Uh, in there was carbon paper in the (laughs) beginning. Carbon paper.
1: Yes, there were pages in those days, so it was terrible. I had a... Hardly any money, a little Toyota, no air conditioning, dripping with sweat, with the windows down, hair blown everywhere, mascara running down my face, and a pager, so I'd have to stop and go to a a (laughs) phone booth to ring. Um, It was terrible. And then I went into a phone shop and found a, my bought my first mobile phone, and uh, found my husband. So I bought a phone. phone. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. I bought a phone (laughs) and got a man uh, for fifteen hundred dollars, (laughs) perfect, and he's still giving me the best service ever.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We're Um, recording this at ten a.m., so we're going well. We're going. (laughs) So tell me, apart from obviously you were talking about you showing, having to show buyers a lot of properties and stuff in those early, early days. How has the role of real estate agent changed since you first started? What do you think the main changes have been? Well, it
1: was just so manual. You had to... um, To do an appraisal was easy, easier than it is now in a way because you physically went to so many houses. All of the agents had... uh, It was automatic conjunction with all of the agents. So uh, it didn't matter which company... Half the time, you wouldn't even ring the owner of the house. you just ask the agent if you could take a buyer through their property, different company or our company, it didn't matter. And then, you know, sometimes you wouldn't even ask the owner. You'd just go and there'd be a key on the property. So the owner was told there's going to be a key on the property and there could be an agent coming through at any time. Uh, Can you imagine? It doesn't happen no, now.
0: No, no. No way. Well, especially in the way and, people have to style their homes and get their property yeah, prepped for sale now.
1: Yeah. So the, the, the owners were really conditioned to have their house tidy and clean all the time, which they didn't. Um, and we as agents would go through. But I was a um, hardworking person because I had hardly any money. And so um, I took buyer after buyer out. They had no idea what was on the market. They had no idea what properties looked like because there wasn't the internet, there wasn't the Facebook, there wasn't uh, a property on six or eight websites to find mm. and scrutinise every single room. So you threw them in the car, you showed them 10 to 20 properties in a go- in one day and... Um, Yeah, it was amazing. And we got to see the houses. So when we did an appraisal in that particular suburb, oh, I've been there, I've seen about 50 of the houses, everything for sale. Mm -hmm. So you'd be able to appraise a house
0: easy because you knew every bit of each house. Yeah, yeah. Yeah? So a lot more personal knowledge rather than that data-driven stuff that goes on now. Kirsten, what's something that you watched your mum do as an agent when you were growing up that you can just not imagine having to do now?
2: Um, I think that it's the, the after hours um, appointments. She would come in, you know, to the house at 9, 10 o'clock at night from, from, and I did have to do this in the beginning um, of my career, driving an offer from vendor to buyer, from vendor to buyer. Unfortunately, that vendor lived in Hillary's and the buyer lived in Parmelia. So she mm-hmm. would just the amount of... Um, kilometers. Manually <laughs> kilometers. And I, I do still agree that there is no substitute for belly-to-belly belly and you do have to go and see those clients if there is, you know, something that's really, really serious to be done. But if someone's going to write up a, 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 an offer that's not sort of anywhere in the realms of acceptability, I can send them a docusign from the comfort of my bed at 9pm. Mm. Mum wouldn't. She would get up, get dressed in the suit, in the leather shoes and, and drive to wherever they happen to be. Yeah, um, Those massive amount of hours that she had to put in, to, to get paperwork done um, was the number one. And I also remember when we were really little, um, she used to door knock. So she would pick us up from school, we'd be in the car, and I just, I remember Turn Loop for some reason in Yanjib and I remember her saying, Something about the gardens were all done up, they must be getting ready to sell. <laughs> she used to always notice when someone had petunias and mulch. Right. She'd be like, you got to watch for that, Kirsten, because they're, they're dollying up the house for sale. And I, I remember her door knocking, and door knocking is something that. Um, I've, I've never done it it's, it's not in my sort of wheelhouse of skills so
0: there you go. Yeah. So tell me I'm interested I know Kirsten obviously you're a director and licensee now so your day um, is not purely sales mm-hmm. but I'm interested to know what your both of your ideal day looks like um, you know and is there a, you know is there a difference in that? I, um, guess.
2: I probably have mirrored most of what I do and what mum, mum does and has done. Um, But we also both did a lot of training Mm -hmm. and the training that we did with Lee Woodward and the Complete Salesperson back probably... I would say 10 years ago mm-hmm. was about the ideal week and setting up your day like a timetable.. Yeah. So doing the same tasks at the same time every week to ensure that they get done, such as you know first thing in the morning, working on emails for about 20 minutes. We're all big on, we're both big on getting your emails done, re- responding to all your correspondence quite fast, yeah. setting yourself up for a productive day. Um, so I have my, my work week mm-hmm. like a very strict timetable. In saying that, belly-to-belly appointments will always trump anything else. If a client wants an appraisal when I've got a a section sort of blocked out to do prospecting, I will go and appraise that property because that's the priority. If a buyer wants to see a house, I will go and show that house because that's a priority. But other than that, um, everything in my week is scheduled Mm -hmm. down to my day off, which I learnt from mum. She's always had a designated day that she had off during the week because we obviously do weekend work um, and that's scheduled off and it's it's a non-negotiable and it's mm-hmm. it's how I think you get the most amount of, of work done in, in the time that you're sitting at your desk so mm-hmm. that when you do go home, you can switch off and you can be attentive with your husband or attentive with the children or whatnot. So I think structure Yes, yeah.
0: key. 100%. So do you think that the job has become, I mean, it sounds like you were working all hours from, from early days, but do you think it's become more intrusive, um, you know, with the advent of technology and with people kind of messaging and texting and Facebook and everything all hours of the day, is it a more intrusive job now? Or do you think you're, you're still very structured and this is when I get back to people and this is, um, has that changed at all? You're probably asking the wrong personality. <laughs> um, yeah,
1: anyone that would know me knows that I'm not a structured person. Um, I'm Not really. I'm a, a jump when things need to be done type yeah. of person. So, um, no, it's, it's still the same chaos in the old days to now. Um, it's just a job that is uh, 24-7 and if you don't treat it that way then you won't be successful there's only 20 percent of all real estate agents are good 80 percent are not mm-hmm. and the um 20 percent are onto the business whatever business it is whether it's in the old days or now if you're not on to it immediately um then you miss out. Mm-hmm. So I would get out of bed, put my caftan on and go straight to the computer and work. My husband would go, um, could you please come and have your breakfast? He'd have my breakfast ready for me. <laughs> Back to the computer. Lunchtime, same thing. Back to the computer or whatever business I did during the uh, day, you know, jump in the car, do appointments, whatever back to the computer again and uh, he'd be ready with the dinner.
2: I think it's now, always been very intrusive that. for mum because she's yeah. always been that person that I remember being at a a, Marian, a dinner party mm. and someone would phone her to write her an offer up and she would go, I'll be back in 30 minutes. And yeah. she she's always had that personality of if a client needed...
0: Work comes first.
2: Because she's taught me that that buyer can change their mind in an instant, mm-hmm. especially more so now. Yeah, mm-hmm. it might not be their friend that tells them not to put the offer in, it might be realestate.com dinging with a new listing. Yeah. So she's very much been jump. I'll be back.
0: Yeah. It's got to come first. Yeah. Put yeah. the alfoil
2: on the dinner, I'll be back. Yeah. Is there anything similar
0: that you have um any belief or any habit that you that you've changed or adopted that you've learned from Kirsten? I think
1: I'm I'm 62 and I th- think, yeah, that Kirsten's taught me a lot. I mean, just now she taught me about the app for parking. I I love (laughs) it. But like she said, we've done a lot of training and you don't want to come to training with me because I want to sit in the front row and the whole time I'll be going, that's good. That's good. Writing down all this. So we'd we're kind of like I like learning. in that
0: respect so yeah. excited and enthusiastic and always learning always always learning the, I'm interested in the training because um we obviously mentioned the CD at the start and training is such a big thing online now Facebook and video and you know there's so much available um, has it always has it always been so accessible
2: um, or was it something that you really had to seek out before I think not because we enjoy it yeah. We have always been in a sphere where we see it, and mm. it might not. Um, it might not have been real estate training. We also did um, presentation training at Tully's with um, boxing. That looks like the Danny Green. That oh, Danny Green! Fabulous. <laughs> yeah. So we don't necessarily need training in the real estate sphere. Yeah. We will listen to anyone that's got a story and learn something from that person. Yeah. So I remember when we went to the um, first national convention over and there was the boys that kayaked from Australia to New Zealand oh. and we were both oh. sitting there. Inspirational. Hysterically stuff. crying when she was telling about how he told his mummy was going to do it. And oh. we we just thrive on that sort of stuff. And yeah. I think that when you do really like training and growing and learning, you, you seek it out and also... You know, someone will say, "Hey, I'm gonna go along to this," and you're like, "Yeah, I'm keen." And yeah. I go to business chicks um, breakfast with my girlfriends, and we heard Ida Buttrose the other day. Um oh, yeah, but I, I mean, in we the, both
1: love it. In the beginning, though, there was the trainers right from the start. Yeah, you know, Tom Hopkins, um, and then you had the Tom Hopkins books, and then out came the CDs cassettes, CDs, you know, all this sort of stuff. Now you guys have got podcasts. It's fabulous. So, yeah, to answer your question, always from the beginning. Always been And the ones that don't do the training uh, and learn... About diet because that's part of the part of our training was dieting and looking after your health yeah. and looking after your stress. It's not in real estate. It's not just about how to sell a
2: house. Mm-hmm. No, self care is incredibly important in real estate. Mm-hmm. Drinking enough water, eating the right foods, mm-hmm. making sure you're getting enough sleep. Um, Having a husband that will make sure you're eating breakfast. Yeah, <laughs> burnout is real in our industry, unfortunately, yeah. because you can put your your body sort of. as a a second place to the job Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. that's where stress can be something that manifests into, yeah, Yeah. unhealthiness. Hey guys, sorry to interrupt
0: but I wanted to jump in and let you know about our new podcast, Off Market Perth. Off Market is the latest project from Crib Creative. Every fortnight you can join me, Shane Beaumont, Ross Hunter and a special guest as we break down Perth's property market. You can find Off Market Perth wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you enjoy the show, please don't forget to subscribe and be sure to tell a friend. Now I'll let you get back to your listening. Kirsten, what's the most valuable piece of advice that you've ever got from your mum?
2: There's probably um, her work ethic is number one. I've yeah. mimicked her work ethic. Uh, there's there's no substitute for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and number two, I think, is how she treats people. You mm-hmm. treat everybody like they're... Your mum, your sister, your best friend, your brother. um, You need to have, even if you don't necessarily like the person, you need to have a great level of um, care and respect. Mm -hmm. So just always telling them the truth, even if the truth is uncomfortable, even if the the, the facts are are not going to work in your favour. Never, ever withhold anything that you know would influence someone else's decision. Um, Yeah, being, being untruthful is just never, ever acceptable in our industry and that's what I've learned from mum that's probably the most important thing Mm. um that I think others
1: being firm with people um it's a lot of people get uncomfortable about being firm with someone else yeah so you and I know to say hey come on you really want this house, you need to pay more and not leave until they're ready to oh, offer your, more. Oh, your negotiation tactic strong, is, is... Strong with yeah. people in a nice, kind way yeah. without pushing them away yeah. and not giving up because a lot of people, you know what I mean, are yeah,
0: not yeah, like no. us. Yeah, Justin,
2: have you told me a story before about your mum staying in someone's house? Oh, my gosh, I'll never forget that. <laughs> I went to... I shadowed mum for years and years and years before I sort of became a salesperson on my own um, and I remember going to a house in Belia with you and it was this absolute huge mansion and the seller would not counter offer this buyer's um, offer mm-hmm. and, you and I sat there and I would have left after the first 30 minutes mm-hmm. and you would not leave this man's house without him (laughs) counter-offering and you had the sales across the dinner table and his wife's cleaning up the kids' dinner on the other side of the table and you said, I have to get a counter-offer. I'm not, this isn't the end of it. We have to keep on going, blah, 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 blah. We were there. I think we would have been there for a good two hours, maybe longer. Yeah. You were drinking, oh, have another water, please, and then you'd go (laughs) now, come on. This house is definitely selling. What do we need to get it to? We're not going to counter at that because we've already countered at that. And you just went on and on and on. Broke him down, laugh. Yeah, did. It, it's, <laughs> it's like, in a nice way. <laughs> oh, a very respectful way. You didn't. weren't yeah. aggressive at all. But I the different um, tactics, the different negotiation,
1: hard one minute, soft the next, yeah. joking like about a something.
2: Yeah, like a, what? a like cop. Like a cop. A cop?
1: Oh yes, and it used to be you were the good cop and I was the bad I cop. Will,
2: I am always the good cop. I don't. Yeah. So, is
0: there anything that you've seen Kirsten do, you know, in her in her later career now, technology she's implemented or adopted or anything like that that you thought you're an idiot, and then later you've thought, oh, maybe I'll give you that one. Um. Or are you pretty open minded?
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I can't think of seeing you do anything that I thought. Mum doesn't. I'll no. say to her, hey,
2: Mum, what do you think about this idea, blah, 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 And she'll say, got, why, got why are go. you asking me that? Just
0: do it. Just do it.
2: When, when you know, we were looking at the, yeah. the first premises that we went into, I don't even think you saw it before we signed the lease. You were like, just do it. I trust you. She <laughs> trusts me to, yeah. to, to, to to make, you know, decisions that are going to benefit us. Yeah. So she doesn't, yeah. yeah, she doesn't really ever. I, I don't think that mum wants to Im, um, have her input on things that she doesn't know a great deal about. You know, if yeah. there's a topic that she doesn't know a great deal about, she's not going to be someone that needs to have input in it. Mm-hmm. Whereas someone else might be like, I have no idea, but I need to have a say. Mum's not like that.
1: Yeah, I kind of like um, the fact that Kirsten is showing me the advances of real estate mm-hmm. you know and I'm like wow that's so cool that's so neat wow it's more like that than I can't think of anything that I've thought well, that's a dumb idea <laughs>
2: I, not at this stage I might get back to you but no <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember that yeah I think she likes I mean I think I think the only thing you might dislike is the lack of belly to belly the fact that we can docu sign offers and Mum would have, as long as you're getting the
1: offers through the way you do it, and you, you yeah. do get the offers through, you are a good salesperson, and that's your forte. Um, yeah, I'd like to train a few people, or Kirsten would I was... like to train a few people too, <laughs> because you know where they're going wrong, and and they're not. You need to push them a bit, you yeah, know. Yeah, they might give up on a contract. Our old boss told us a lot, Chris Tully. Okay. She was very good and I'd be speaking to her at midnight, 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock at night and saying, how will I get this offer through? They won't come up that five grand. And she'd say, have you done this? Have you done that? Have you done the repayments? And mm. you just learn, 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 learn. And Kirsten learned from that as mm-hmm.
2: well. Yeah, you just add more to your repertoire of, of negotiations so that where there's a con- Contract that another um, real estate agent might have discounted. Um, we're getting contracts that start a hundred thousand under asking price, and we're getting them through. Well, tell Not
0: us and just price, for um, for the listeners who you, tell us about your sales area and your median sales price. And
2: yeah, so we um, we work in the Coburn area. Yeah, um, Coburn and surrounds. Our median price is around about that four fifty mark.
0: Yeah. Um, so a hundred under asking is a is a lot.
2: 100 under asking is huge, a massive amount, but huge we, amount. we get it, um, oh, I think we probably get it once a month. Yeah. Yeah, once a month. Um, we get the 80% of our buyers are first home buyers mm-hmm. um, and all, st- all sorts of different cultural backgrounds, um, but mostly first home buyers. Very few investors at the moment. I think we sold maybe four to investors in the last 12 months. Mm-hmm. Most of our, our market is first home buyers. Mm-hmm. And um, Unfortunately, there are websites that have a estimate for the property, which is just a, a summation sort of method with different calculations. And some properties, it will have it at a ridiculously low price. It's and they'll wrong. say, oh, well, the domain.com report showed me that this property is worth 390000 and it is worth 490000 based on the sales that are as you know, comparable to that house. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's where they want to start because of the incorrect information that they've found online. Yeah. And then it's our job to show them the correct information, send them the links to the similar ones, send them to links to the higher ones where they could get their house to be at with a little bit of TLC or what it might be. So, yeah. 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 So has that cha- that must have changed,
0: you know, the, the amount of data that buyers have access to now as opposed to, you know, but prior to the internet, um, has that really ha- changed your negotiation? No, because the agents used to be um,
1: all negotiating with each other and working with each other. Where now they only uh, look after their own listings. Right. So, but when I started, all of our mates from all different companies would tell us what they sold their properties for. And because we'd been inside those properties, literally knew them, then when we tried to get an offer through, we could say to the uh, to the buyer, um, you know LJ Hooker's property, so-and-so sold for that, so how can you possibly be offering so-and-so for this one? Mm-hmm. You know that one. And they would try to pull the wool over your eyes as they do now try to pull the wool over your eyes Um, and if you can prove logically and statistically uh, now or then in the old days what uh, the property is worth it is definitely worth what I'm trying to ask you to pay for and you say it in that genuine way and you have the, 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 the statistics um, then they go yeah yeah I know that one sold for that oh yeah I know I know that one sold for that I missed out on it and so in the end you wear them down with the fact I know you're trying to pull it all over my eyes but no Mm-hmm. You're not going to. Come on. So
2: when mum used to have brochures telling them what they all sold for, I've got links that I send them to show them what they're yeah. all selling for. So. Yeah, that's right. Yeah.
1: And even nowadays, I used to do that. I'd have a an Italian screaming at me at the other side of the table, hilarious, it was funny as all the brochures everywhere, and I'd be throwing the brochures at him. He'd be throwing the brochures back saying he's not paying. I'd throw another one forward and go, come on, you're joking. The louder they get, the louder I get. If they're whispering, I'm whispering. I'm mimicking them. We do that, don't we? Mimic the person (laughs) you're with. Sometimes I hear myself with a
2: Kiwi accent because I'm copying the client that I'm with. I'm like, oh, yeah, no, I'm Kirsten. (laughs) Where did that come from?
0: (laughs) (laughs) So tell me, ladies combined 30 plus years of experience, what do you, if you if you meet a new rep or, you know, a rep comes into your office, what are you looking, what, what, what do you see in someone that makes them a good sales rep?
2: I think good sales reps come in all different shapes and sizes mm. um, because some people that have come into the office we used to work at, mum and I might go, what, they're never going to, you know, sell a lot of real estate and they do. I think it's about the relationship you create with people, mm-hmm. um, with your sellers and your buyers. We're all selling the same product. Mm-hmm. It's got to be uh, the real estate agent that can facilitate that deal by being someone that the the seller and the buyer both like to be around and both value their you know input, mm. um, the relationship that you create so both of those parties feel safe. Um, and that can look different. That can look very different mm. because mum and I have different approaches to listings and negotiation, um, but we both will get to the same same Yeah, Yeah. um, output sort of at the end of the day. I think that um, in our office, you, number one, need to be a team player. Um, So we all work together. We do not work as, you know, two against one. You know, the team is competing against the rest of the guys. It's very much like we all want everyone to be successful so we help one another out and i think that's great because you learn from different people's skill sets so i might take from tanya she's really great at administration and organization and the back end and i'm trying to learn more from her whereas um, brian is really really good at his um at crunching and at sealing the deal at the end of the day and his negotiation is something that that I'd like to learn from him. Learn so from
1: everybody. Uh, yeah, I
2: think it's a collaborative event and yeah. that's, that's what we look for. I don't think that it looks a certain way as, as far as I would never say. Our next salesperson that we hire needs to be between 20 and 30, okay. uh, must have debt uh, no less than 500,000K. Debt does help make a good salesperson 110%. <laughs> uh, absolutely. If you are in a lot of debt, you will work your butt off. Because yeah, yep. you have to. You have to. Have it's to. a non-negotiable. Yep. Yeah, um, but, but they've got to be positive. Yep, positive team player. And I don't like
1: no people. I like yes people. Yep,
2: completely agree with that as well.
1: No people are selfish, and they they shouldn't <laughs> be in no.
2: well, I, I, our I, office. Our office is definitely a yes a yes people group. So <laughs> if if someone says. Uh, a property manager says, oh, my gosh, I'm stuck over in Armadale because there's a road closure, I've got a home open at 245, I'm never going to make it. One of the sales reps will jump in their car and do it because our office is yes, people. Yeah. Um, if I'm at an appraisal and it's running late because I'm not leaving until I get the deal, I will text the, the office group chat and say, can someone get my kid? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so everybody will say and someone yes. Someone will get your kid. Everybody will be like. I'll get no. I get them. No. I'll get them. I want to go through McDonald's drive-through with them on the way through. <laughs> so yeah, I completely agree with that.
0: Yeah. What's the we've spoken about coaching and you guys learning a lot? What's the worst piece of advice you've ever heard about real estate?
2: I personally dislike scripts and dialogues. Yeah. Because they come out no practiced. Um, they come out yeah. It doesn't sound genuine to me. Well, Mm -hmm. if
1: you learn them, you have to put them in your own language. Everyone's so different. Their personalities are so different. So the way I speak to someone is different to the way you speak to someone. And I've taken people along with me to to, um, appraisals or whatever. And the colleague I'm with, when they get in the car afterwards, they go, I cannot believe you You said that." that. (laughs) <laughs> um, because I'm so intrusive on, ah, oh, so you've got cancer. Why? What happened? And, you know, are you going to be okay? Tell me all about it. And, yeah, but the worst piece of real estate advice,
2: um, minus scripts and dialogues, they're not. I suppose I, I, I don't just like... ignore any dumb stuff. I don't yeah, I don't, I don't like learn. I don't like. Um, reciting things from memory. Mm I like responding to people genuinely in that moment based on what they've told me. Mm -hmm. And if it's, mm. you know, if it's an objection to my fee or an objection to a a characteristic about that property, um, I think you need to take everything that person's told you and respond genuinely opposed to reciting something that you've learnt. But we know what we don't like in real estate training and that's why we don't go to those sort of trainers. Yeah. You know, you go to one of them and then you go, we've gone to one of them and we've gone, oh, That wasn't for us and we won't go to that again. Yeah.
0: So my final question, Sula, you've been in real estate since 92 and Kirsten since 05. Someone just starting out in the industry, what would your your number one piece of advice to someone just getting started now be?
1: You have to be yourself. Um, You have to go with the top seller in your office, tag them, Mm -hmm. Follow them around. Ask them, please, may I come to all of your home opens? Listen to the way that top seller um, speaks to people and learn, learn, learn. Mm -hmm. Do tons of training. uh, Be dressed immaculately. Lovely, beautiful, clean car, nice car. Look good. Look professional and fake it till you make it. (gasps) You took my line. That was
2: the one thing I was going to say. Fake it (laughs) till till you make
1: make it. it. Oh, yeah. 100%. But you've got to be yourself, your own humour, your own uh, positive, and be positive and be. um, It doesn't matter what situation you're thrown into, whether it's. Oh, you have to do an appraisal. You've just met someone at a home open. They want an appraisal. I'll do that for you and pretend you're one of the top sellers of Perth and you've never even listed a property. Just pretend. Fake it uh, and go there. And But you have to learn. Learn real quick or oh, straight away. Read books. Listen to podcasts. Everything. You, yeah. you need to learn, learn, learn. Um what was it Tom Hopkins said, um, one of the most important things for a sales rep is to know that you have to um, take 10... Ten no's. So if someone says no to you, I don't I don't want to put in an offer or I don't want to list yet. Say, Thank uh, you, you for say, the no. Thank <laughs> you. Thank you for the no. Uh, the next person says no to you. Thank you for the no. Thank you for the no. Keep going. And you get so excited because there's going to be the tenth no's is going to be yes.
0: <laughs> You're going to get a yes Grab (laughs) those nose and be happy about it. Collect them. Yeah. Kirsten, I'm going to change my last question for you. Yep. I'm wondering what you think the biggest challenge is for new agents that agents face today. and Is that different to maybe what the big challenge was that you guys faced when you started?
2: Um, I think the biggest challenge that new real estate agents would be facing is um, building relationships. Mm -hmm. So I'm very lucky that I worked under mum for... Under, over ten years, um, so I inadvertently made relationships with her clients, mm-hmm. um, and now I have relationships with her clients that they will call me, and I will be the only person that they call to list their house for a really great price in today's market. Sell their house; they're really happy because they trust me because of her relationship. Mm-hmm. If you come off the you know, you know off the street and you've never sold a house, listed a price appraised a house, you don't have those relationships. And creating the database of people is really difficult. So mm-hmm. that's where um, you have to go to all of your friends, all of your uh, old work colleagues and, and let them know, hey, I'm in real estate now. Um, you know, I'd love the opportunity to give you a price on your property. We know that you're not selling it, just, just to get the, um, the practice under my belt sort of thing. But the relationships that you build over a career are what make appraisals, you know, what make your phone ring. Mm-hmm. Um, And, yeah, that's the hardest thing, I think, because there's so many. Sula's got her hand up. Yep.
1: (laughs) I just wanted to say how I, when I started, I knew no one in real estate and I was new to Perth. Mm. So what I did was I opened... Other reps houses. Other reps houses. Yeah. And I and they gave me all the crap stuff that was not gonna sell. And I just open, 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 mm. as many as possible. And they couldn't even say no to me. I I don't mind when I do it, how I do, it, I wanna open your home. Tag onto other openings, yeah. To meet people. Because yeah. guess what? Someone's walking through going, I want an appraisal on my house. This is Mine's much better than this. Bang, you've got a client, you've got a buyer. Collects. And that buyer that you look after is going to tell their friends. Their friends might be selling their house. So you grab hold of as many home opens, as many buyers, Mm. and physically get hold of people because they like, if they like you, they're going to recommend you. And I've had people from. 10 years later, saying, um, I need to sell my house, can you put it on the market?
2: You took me to 30 houses and I got car sick. I said,
1: oh, <laughs> no, I'm so sorry.
2: Yeah, I think our database is a massive strength of our business. It's, it's probably the most valuable tool that we have. Yeah. Um, and it was the most valuable tool that we had to list properties, but now it's the most valuable tool we have to sell properties. Our buyer's database is about 2,900 clients. Um, and they are very well managed buyers. So we, I think we do buyer management better than most people in the industry at the moment, because we understand that matching somebody that has money to spend to one of our stock is the most important part of our task in a, in a relatively slow market. And that's why our November was the biggest month that Sample Property Group has had in what other people were saying was a, a bad market, because the database, the relationships cultivating those relationships, knowing those clients and what they're looking for is is the most important part of selling houses in a hard market.
0: Mm-hmm. Beautiful. What a great night to end on. Thank you so much, ladies, Thank for coming Thank you for having us. And um, good luck for the
2: year to come. Thank you so much. Any of your people that need any help can always ring us and we'll give them help. Yeah, Beautiful. anyone that mm. wants to come into our office and um, we were fortunate enough that Paul Tonich did that for us when we were making an yeah. EBU and our doors
0: always open. Beautiful. We'll we'll, um, make sure that goes up in the show notes as well. Cool. Thanks, guys. That's it for this episode. We'd love any feedback or guest suggestions, so please hit me up on Instagram on Jess at Crib to let us know what you think. Did you know about our new podcast, Off Market? Off Market is the latest project from Crib Creative. Every fortnight, you can join me, Shane Beaumont, Ross Hunter, and a special guest as we break down Perth's property market. Find Off Market Perth wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you enjoy our shows, this one or Off Market, please don't forget to subscribe and be sure to tell a friend.